Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I welcome a unique guest to the show to discuss their introduction to the pro wrestling world as well as the best and worst from Raw this week. Former Daily Show correspondent Jordan Klepper stops by to discuss his new show, Klepper, and the show's look at how veterans suffering from PTSD found wrestling as a form of therapy. Plus, we tackle the now infamous Uzi Hot segment from Raw and a deeper look into Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. We're talking about Monday Night Raw. What did you like? What didn't you like? And some of the uh, segments that probably were, to me, a little embarrassing. And I'm interested to hear if the nation feels the same. And I have to quickly bring up the revival in the Usos. We didn't like the segment last week. And man, I, I, and I, I, maybe it's just me. I found the segment last night between the revival and the Usos embarrassing. Your thoughts? Tell me, were you embarrassed for them, or were you embarrassed? I I was embarrassed for the revival. First of all, when you see the revival in the ring with Anderson and Gallows, that's a match I would actually like to see. But I thought it was embarrassing to them as well. Plus, I got to be honest with you, with the Usos, who are the Usos right now? Are they faces or heels? Because judging from what they've done the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't exactly call them the best baby faces on the on the face of the earth. Were you entertained by that segment in any way, shape, or form? I was not. Did you laugh? I didn't, though... As I said, I watched that at that viewing, raw viewing party for Mark Henry last night, and there were people that were laughing. So that's why I, I question it. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny, but I'm wondering if there were people that actually found that funny and entertaining. I, I think people actually found it mildly entertaining, chuckled at it as if they were in on the joke. I think any knowledgeable fan knows that there's stuff going on with the revival, thus they're being treated the way they're being treated. You, you bring up a great point. Why would you ever have Anderson and Gallows and the revival in the ring and not give us a good tag match? Well, the reason is there's a chance that those four guys are not sticking around. So what are we going to do? We're going to do nothing with them. We might even try to embarrass them. Didn't one of the Revival guys go on social media yesterday and basically say, you can't embarrass us? I actually give a, a tip of the cap to the Revival. You know why? They were dealt a real shitty hand. But by the end of the segment, I found myself saying, good job, guys. You played it to the best of your ability. And you didn't just go out there and go through the motions. They were dragging their ass. They were jumping up and down, pouring water down their shorts. 
can we at least say that the revival in an absolutely embarrassing situation made you chuckle? I, I, I guess first again, I witnessed it. There were people that were were that were laughing at it, that found it entertaining. I didn't myself, and maybe I'm looking a little too into it because again, I'm tuning in to watch the revival wrestle. But like you said, they owned it and they did their best out exactly. there. Exactly. And they tried to make that segment as entertaining to the audience as possible. So bad job, creative, great job, revival. I agree with that. I agree with that. And again, I don't think you're, you're talking about the revival, which could be you know out the door, Gallows and Anderson, who could be out the door. One team you know is not going out the door is the Usos. I don't think that segment helped the Usos in any, in any way either. Uh I don't. I don't know what. It, I don't love the Usos more for what they did. I don't hate the Usos more for what they did. You know that that segment also. You know, people brought up on social media a long time ago. We did the whole segment with the ass cream with Jericho and Christian. The ass cream segment worked so well because people legitimately wanted to see Jericho and Christian be made fools of. That's why it worked. Do the people really care enough about the revival to know that the Usos put Usi hot in their pants? No. You know, everybody's kind of just laughing at the situation because they have nothing else to do. What are you supposed to do in that segment? People could either sit on their hands or just watch, or they can just kind of laugh along with the joke that's really not that funny. So like I said, creatively, I think they could have did a much better job. Like... Why couldn't we see, how about this, Dave? Why couldn't the Revival and uh, uh, Anderson and Gallows wrestle for five minutes? Why couldn't we get a really good five-minute match out of them? And then at about the five-minute mark, that's when the Usos came out and go, yep, it should be any second now. Three, two, one. And then we got the icy hot thing. At least we would have gotten a good, we would have got some good wrestling from two good tag teams, and then they could have did the stupid shtick at the end. That's fine. I, I just, listen, I, man, listen, man. I'm trying to make chicken salad out of chicken and, shit over here, and, and I understand that, and it's perplexing to me. And as a matter of fact, it's like watching that segment. If somebody was watching that segment that haven't been watching week in and week out, I mean, you would watch that segment, and and Usos come across as like the as the heels. Again, it goes back to at least in that segment how they don't know how to correctly book heels and faces. It's like the the heels are just are just dumb people that fall for every trick, and and the faces are bullies. At least that's how that segment came across to me. Well, maybe maybe next week you'll see the revival get one up on the Usos. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I, I tell you this. I'm not investing that many brain cells into thinking about this because obviously the WWE doesn't want me to think too deeply about it because it's just sticky, goofy, um, whatever it is. I, I, I guess. Did I chuckle? Yes. Yeah, I chuckled. At the end of the day, like I said, hats off to the revival. Good job for taking something that was just, you know awful and making it into something good yeah i agree with that like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app one of my favorite characters that i have seen in pro wrestling would be probably be mr red tape 
And I'll explain because we have Jordan Klepper here in studio. The new show called Klepper debuts May 9th on Comedy Central. Bully, you and I got the opportunity to watch the show that he did with PTSD and pro wrestling. And we have Jordan here live in studio. And welcome to Busted Open. Hey, thanks for having me. So I mentioned the character, Mr. Red Tape. Yes. Now, it's it's difficult. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, first of all, Watching that episode and what you probably learned from doing that episode, because you mentioned right off the bat that you were not a pro wrestling fan going in, but you got into that world for at least for a little while. Maybe you're still not a fan, but do you now have respect for pro wrestling? Oh, 100 percent. It flipped my expectations immediately. Like I was. I, I knew very little about pro wrestling, and mm-hmm. we found these these veterans down in Texas who were dealing with PTSD, and they're, they're, they found that pills and the VA had not worked for them, but what they do is they professional wrestle down there, and they travel around, they play characters, they're the Valhalla Club, um, and they proudly are veterans who have come back, and they, they wrestle as a unit, and so we found this story, and it was like, oh, this is such a positive way to deal with such a dark issue that a lot of people are dealing with. Let's go and see that up close, and I remember walking Walking in that first day, not really knowing what to expect, and to be quite honest, I was like, "Oh, I wonder." Like, you know, down here in Texas, these maybe these guys are just playing around in a gym. Uh, it's still an inspiring story. As soon as I walk in there, it was incredible. They were they were they were flying around the ring. Uh, the the physical prowess these guys mm-hmm. had was insane honestly i brought a couple other folks from new york writer and producer who also like (laughs) the writer was also from vermont had never seen a wrestling match up close and immediately comes out and the entire the entire crew left huge fans not only of those guys but of the athletic ability they have and what wrestling actually is up close and especially in a circuit like that it was it 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 blew my mind and it physically almost broke open my chest when they (laughs) we started to play around doing it (laughs) jordan these these veterans that were wrestling were they actually professionally trained or were they just kind of like glorified backyard wrestlers well this is so i think like they they had been I don't think they were professionally trained. I think they had been wrestling in the, I don't know the name of the circuit down there in Texas, um, but they, they travel around, they, they perform in front of audiences anywhere from 100 to 300. Um, Eddie Winter, who has been doing it for close to a decade, uh, MMA uh, uh, international champion, like an, an incredibly athletic guy. But I know all of them are are hustling, looking for that next big break. Uh, they talked about. Um, I know Bryson is in the world, and uh, uh, Bryson Scott is his name. He goes by Mister Studtacular. You know, I think getting that spot on Monday night. Uh, he he often wanted to be on Raw. Would get phone calls to be in the background, to be a part of it, and mm-hmm. waiting for that break. And as somebody who comes from the comedy world, like I understand that that push and pull. Like you're out there hustling, and you you want that break to be out there in the. The, the, the big wide open. The f- oh, go ahead, Bully. You said that these guys are looking for a break on Monday night. Vince McMahon is a sucker for the military. He has, you know, he's a, he's a red-blooded American, obviously with all the tributes to the troops that they do. Everything the WWE does for all branches of the military. Is there anybody that you have come across that has a real great story that a company like WWE could throw on their show? 
With a veteran who could actually get the job done in the ring? You, now, by story, do you mean like their own personal story? Yes. I mean, honestly, these guys are incredible. Valhalla Club, like you sit down with Eddie Wintern. Um, again, he's been he's been a fighter. He's a combat medic. He's been he's been battling PTSD for since the Iraq War. Uh, he comes back in. He's working with kids. Honestly, seeing seeing all these guys interact with their fans, the kids, other veterans that come on out, incredible. I Mr. Studtacular, one of my favorites. He's Mr. Studtacular. He's a little guy, and he. To be quite frank, almost got his penis blown off in 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 uh, in Iraq, and he came back, and he was like, "It made me want to procreate," uh, which I gotta wow. give him credit. Which he did. <laughs> which he did. <laughs> he became Mister Spectacular, and he was like, "He's like he's a little guy, but he gets to feel like a big guy in the ring." And so he used that experience, channeled into a character that he can then play, and he he is he is out there hustling day in and day out. I think like I do think these guys have unbelievable, compelling stories. It'd be it'd be nice for their. Uh, Vince McMahon to shine a light on him. I think the foundation of the show is that making us aware of what our veterans are going through. And you said something right at the beginning of the show about how you have a difficulty thanking vets. And I think everybody does. I think everyone can relate to that that's listening. We see veterans and you want to approach them, you want to thank them, and, and it's a difficult way to do that. Did you learn how you can do it or did it make it easier being around them? Well, I think like, yeah, I say that like as a as a civilian, it's it's very easy to say, I thank you for your service mm -hmm. to put them on that pedestal. But awful like you're, you're not humanizing them. You're like you're giving them a thumbs up, but then you don't go that one extra step. And I think what they would often say is like, you can thank me for my service, but could you also sit down and ask me about something else? Ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> ask me if yeah. I'm looking for work. Ask me if I'm looking for a connection. And I think like, it is that. It's like find something outside of that one thing that you might feel disconnected with and go beyond it. Honestly, wrestling is a great example for that. Like as soon as you walk in there, you're not just seeing them as these these veterans who have served our country who you might be at a disconnect with because you have respect but don't know how to engage with that. You're also seeing them as performers, athletes, guys who are putting on a show, storytellers. And I think that is, uh, for somebody who's coming from the world of comedy, like a great way for me to start to engage with them. And you're already... You're already giving them three dimension as opposed to just giving them the the title that's under their name. Have you ever witnessed one of them actually have an episode with their PTSD? Have you ever witnessed, you know, one of them having a, having a bad day or a bad moment? When we were down there, we spent uh, a little under a week with them, and they're very frank and open about their emotions. Uh, I think, like they uh, uh w one of them i remember eddie we went out and we um after he did a stand up comedy show in austin and he was talking about that he was talking about while we were here he had a bad day and he had to he had to call uh i, I believe he was calling the va helpline to kind of connect back in and a lot of these emotional like a lot of them are dealing with emotional things back at home relationships they have things that are happening outside of what you're normally going to see and it puts them in a bad place i think he started telling stories about being a combat medic and about like the the memories that he has uh, with the people that he wasn't able to to save and how that still weighs on him day in and day out. And, you know, he has to continue to stay connected to his friends, his community, his family uh, to kind of to be able to work day in and day out. But it's a it's a process. It's not that you go down there. It's like these guys found wrestling. And in doing that, they're cured of the PTSD. It's like, no, no. In, in doing that, they found a community that day to day they can work through. But it's a it's a struggle. It's it, there's there's never a cure. Watching that show, and obviously Bully and I do a pro wrestling show five days a week, and, and Bully, you know, a current wrestler, Hall of Fame wrestler, 
um, you walked into that wrestling school, and the first thing you said is like, well, the one th- I don't know anything about pro wrestling. The one thing I do know is that it's fake. And, you know, you, and you say the word fake, and then to, to a wrestling fan, that's that's the F word. I'm it's sure. like the one That's the one thing you don't say. So going into that world and now coming out of it, you know, do you still feel the same way? Like, would you still use that word to describe pro wrestling? No. I think, like, again, I'm very naive walking into what that was. Of course. And as we started to also train, <laughs> again, that I, I don't want to say that naivete didn't <laughs> stick with me for a little while, because as we started to train, I still sort of thought there were shortcuts that would be ways in which to, to fall or to take a hit or to hit in ways that... There didn't appear to be shortcuts, or at least I wasn't told the <laughs> shortcuts. It was it was incredibly physical. Um, it, again, it was incredibly physical and athletic, athletic in a way that uh, that I hadn't realized up until seeing it up close. And also, the storytelling part was was amazing to me. When mm-hmm. we then threw um, the uh, the the big match a couple days in, brought people together. I was so impressed by. Uh, the way in which the crowd can react to uh, the good guy in the heel and uh, the expectations they have of those characters as as they come into a ring, like uh, to get nerdy about it, like you know, I did a show where I played a bad guy, and like the ability to communicate to your audience that you might be the bad guy, and then you want that heat to be brought in. That's a difficult thing to communicate. Well, to yeah, an I audience. mean, Mr. Red, I, I mentioned Mr. Red Tape, like the line that really got me, and I laughed out loud. Is like, you're yelling into the camera. I'll get back to you in six to eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a, like you really embraced that. I, get, I mean it's, it was so much fun like we that's i we i got to create a character it was like if these vets could body slam anything what would it be it was like oh it's the red tape that gets the the way of them getting some of the help they need mm-hmm. and so you know they they were giving me pointers and ways in which to do it and uh, honestly it couldn't be more fun walking to that ring hearing everybody just start booing and going all in and soaking that up getting in there like it was oh it was it was it was magical have you uh, have any of the troops down there that have been wrestling on that Texas circuit? Have they tried to branch out with so many independent federations out there these days, and so much work to have? Uh, is Mister Studtacular or anybody else trying to to branch out? I, I think so. I know that they 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 will travel sometimes as a group as Valhalla Club, but I know they each have uh, Eddie Bryson, Mister Studtacular. He he is out on the road and doing solo stuff. Eddie Winter does that as well. Jan, I think Jan is primarily working as a collective as that group. Um, but I know they're on the hustle. Like from what I saw when I was down there, it felt like every weekend. Sometimes they're together. Sometimes they're just hopping in the car. Driving around Texas, driving to other neighboring states, you know, finding places to to go up. So let me ask you this: you were you were a bit naive to the wrestling business. It seems like you learned a lot in putting the documentary together. If you were an owner of a company and you only had one contract to give away, who would you give it to? <laughs> what, what are you do? What is that question? <laughs> what do you mean? Is what it, is that is question? It's a damn good question. <laughs> it's called it's called a typical bully Ray gun to the head question. Bully, come on, man. Well, these tell are, me. Well, these t- are wait, three listen, veterans man. who wait served our country. Time out. Yes. They are veterans who served our country, but now they're entertainers in pro wrestling. Which one of these performers does it for you? What is this? This is why are you trying to tear us apart? We, what I would listen, do, I would, listen. I would, you like to play the heel. I am the heel. <laughs> There's too much reality coming from the heel right now. 
You're not going to dodge the question oh, either. So. Oh, I want to dodge it so much. I don't want to. They're all so no, 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 no. Okay, so let, let me let me let me dumb it down a little bit. <clears throat> Which one of the characters? really elicits emotion from you. Let's take away the personal, how you feel about them. Which one of the characters do you think really connects? Well, can I break them down? Sure. So I'm going to have, uh, so Eddie Wintern, he is he is a beast. He plays the clown. He's El Guero. He is he's athletically as, as badass as you're going to get. Um, he knows how to command a stage and arena. Um, he's the guy that when I when I think of wrestling, I think of him. So he, I'm gonna pay tickets for. Then you have Mr. Studtacular. He's a wily guy. He's all over the place, but he is a showman. He's got a story, uh, and he's a hustler. So. I, I love that. I pay a ticket for that as well. And then I have Jan. Jan, he's a family man. He's a big beast. He's Nordic. He he wears at, at times he wears a giant coat made of I don't even know what the animal is, but I'm sure it died over 150 years ago. <laughs> uh, so he's imposing in a way that uh, that again I pay a ticket for. And so at the end, if I had to choose one, I would choose them as a collective. So the Valhalla Club all together. Yeah, is that, yeah, did, yeah. Did I officially dodge the question? You're a filthy fence sitter. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I mean, you embrace the heel persona. When you're going out there and you're hearing everybody saying, Jordan sucks. Like, I mean, is it is it a blow to the ego or is it actually make you excited and can't wait to get to the ring? I mean, as a comedian, you're assuming people are chanting that in their heads anyway. So <laughs> it was nice for people to be so open. Oh, I loved it. I think it's... Well, it, it, all jokes aside, you just want people to have an emotion. The, the worst thing you can have in a comedy club or anywhere you go mm -hmm. into is pe people to be apathetic. Like, have a reaction. Be offended, uh, dislike what I'm saying, or love it. Either way, have that reaction. So to walk in and hear people immediately say Jordan sucks, it, uh, you feel like you're on top of the world. Like, I love that aggression, and you can feel the playfulness there. Uh, it also gives me permission to go harder at the guys. Uh, and it, and they only the victory that they see then is is that much sweeter. Is this something that you're going to pursue? If you watch the episode and you see me wrestling, you will understand that the answer is no. No, nobody wants that. Well, no, I did, and I and I understood <laughs> at the end that the answer was no. But I'm wondering if you had a change of heart because well, I'd love to get in the ring with you. Oh my God, would you be gentle? This is, I would this is... chop you to death. <laughs> I would I'm... chop you into PTSD. Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have PTSD after this interview. <laughs> I'm gonna have this is you're gonna, you're gonna push me into wrestling because of this interview. Then I'm gonna meet you there. I'm gonna vanquish my PTSD with you. There's a good story. I can tell the storytelling's already happening. And I I don't know if you know Bully Ray at all, but you know a couple of things that you went through is some some things that Bully Ray is known for the chops and you took some chops like a champ oh. and then going you went through a table mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe you could have a match with bully ray bully ray well how would you take me down do, do you have do you have it in your mind yet like what, what how would you destroy me and chop me up i would stare at you mm -hmm. and you would take a bump okay that's it that was that i <laughs> <laughs> wow you wouldn't even physically engage with me i wouldn't have to well this is i'd make you shit yourself just standing in front of you but I think that would be a character choice. And I think that character choice would really endear me to the audience. I'd turn your baby face. You'd turn me baby face? Yep. I, what is that way? I don't even know what that means. You make, I'm so, I'm you make so me adorable? Good at being, 
I'm so good at being bad, I can turn you good. <laughs> That's what that means. You can turn me. And you're going to break me good is what you're going to do. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I'll break you. I want it. Where are we doing this? Let's make this happen. Make me a good – make me a man again. Will you do talk, that? Talk, talk, to my, talk to my agent, Dave LaGreca. <laughs> and he'll take 15% off the top and make himself the special guest referee. Now I see how this works. All right. You guys have brought me in here. It's just a money-making scheme. Uh, I'll be honest with you. After watching the show – the one character that I would sign to my wrestling company would be Pizza Man. Pizza Man. <laughs> yes. Okay. Pizza Man is engaging. When you're throwing pizza dough into a guy's face, like using pizza dough as a foreign object, that's the guy I would sign to my wrestling company. I want to see Pizza Man versus Tommy Dreamer and just him throw dough at Dreamer and watch Dreamer eat the raw dough like PCO ate the insulation last night. That is that would Tommy Dreamer and Pizza Man would be they would have to be opposing because they couldn't be a tag team because he would try to eat pizza. Man. <laughs> pizza the hut. <laughs> uh, serious question though. Um you know, dealing with the show and with the wrestling and, and and with these veterans, did you find it almost mind-boggling that this is their therapy? Because it is violent. So, you know, they're dealing with violence by doing something that is also violent. Yeah, I think I, I, I talked with other vets who are dealing with PTSD, and, and many have found other forms. One, horseback riding, mm. like... I think a big part is community. These guys are coming back from war where they have community. They have a band of brothers who they can connect with, and they come back, and, and they don't have that back here. So I, th I think the fact that they can all meet, practice, and travel together in and of itself is a form of therapy. But talking to other vets, like something that is aggressive, you know, they, they would not consider it violent as I, I would talk to them a little bit about they're like we, we are controlled we understand what we're doing here and so we uh, we like the aggression we like that there is there's a physicality to it but it's it's using anything that is building up here and 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 getting out in a, in a productive way it's not for everybody though I think and they would even talk to people like you may get into this but you may get more out of just watching us uh, go through this catharsis on stage mm -hmm. than you would actually getting in the ring were there any women involved or a plan on getting involved? Um, well, I know like uh, Bryson's wife was a wrestler as well, and so she was she was not a, a service woman. Um, and I don't I don't know if there are any plans within Valhalla Club for any women who have been affected by PTSD to be a part of it. But I saw within that circuit that there were there were many women involved uh, and out there wrestling and throwing people around. Now, one of the wrestlers also is trying their hand at stand-up comedy. One of the common threads, Bully, and, and we've seen it here on Busted Open, is that a lot of pro wrestlers have become stand-up comics. Tommy Dreamer has done some stand-up, RVD, Dolph Ziggler. Does that, you know, going into that world, do you see that common thread? Because it is storytelling, it is character, it is personality-driven. So are you surprised that a lot of these pro wrestlers want to become stand-up comedians? No, I think from a performance standpoint, no, not at all. Like, I think, like, the ability to read a room, own a room, uh, own your story, like, I think those things, those those aren't easy things to come by. And if you are good at that, and if you are able to, to pull those things off, like, stand-up is its own art form, there are things you have to learn but you've already got a lot of the difficult things down so that, that makes perfect sense and for these guys for Eddie in particular like part of the rush that he gets wrestling is also a rush that he got doing stand-up comedy and some in some ways he felt more nervous putting himself out there like that and I think that adrenaline rush is something that he chases 
Would you say that pro wrestling has saved these guys' lives? I bet, uh, I mean, that's, I bet they would say yes to that. I think they, they really feel that they've, they reached some dark places and kind of needed some sort of community and thing to love and care about. And I think they found that with the Valhalla Club. What's you know, the, you know oh, Dave, th- Dave, to me, this is just so unique because I, I don't think I've ever heard about anything like this. You know, hearing about all, you know, the, the troops and dealing with troops and knowing that they're huge fans of wrestling. This this is a unique situation. Like just hearing about these guys almost wants me. And I think I will I'll extend an open invite to, to them if they ever need any additional training at like uh, any of my wrestling schools that are out there. I, I'd, I'd love to meet them and and help them along in their journey. That I mean, I think that would be huge. They have unbelievably open hearts. And honestly, the idea behind this is one in which that they, you know, they've found this community and they are addressing something that is very serious. But they they want they want to affect other people who are dealing with this as well, you know. And I I go to these events and I see other veterans who are wearing hats that say what service they were in. They're wearing shirts that identify them as a veteran. And I see these guys coming up and connecting them with af- uh, afterwards. I even talked with Eddie on the phone recently, and he talked about like when this episode comes out. You know, they, they have they have dreams of success in the wrestling world, but he also says, like, if people can see this and if anybody's suffering with PTSD and they find a little bit of a connection through seeing guys like them have this kind of success and that helps them and that could save somebody, like, that's the big success they're going uh, going for. And so, I mean, I, I think anybody within that community who could, could reach out, could give them a hand or amplify their voices, I think they're, they're voices that should be heard. And I think everyone's going to learn something from this episode as well. Like one of the things I learned is that even when a veteran wants help, it could take months before they're even seen or someone speaks to them. And then once they go on that first initial visit, there's so much paperwork that they have to go through. I mean, I mean, as difficult as what they're going through, it seems like in a lot of ways we make it more difficult for them. I think we do. I think. Again, that's why you know I jokingly played Mr. Red Tape, but yeah. it's, the issue isn't just the VA. A lot of people find success through the VA, um, but a lot of people also struggle to with wait time, struggle to get the uh, attention that they need, or pills are not working for them and want other options, and we just kind of, as a society, haven't figured out ways in which to help them find those. And so I think that's where I think that we let those vets down there. Like they 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 need some help and they need that human connection. If if we can facilitate facilitate that in any way, we should be. Does it make it feel good about yourself? What you've been able to do for these folks? You know, I think I'm I am very fortunate that I get to uh, have a TV show. In making this show, we wanted to tell. Uh, stories of uh, inspiration and also like uh, great American stories of people who are struggling and finding ways to to fight back. Some are fighting back against big movements. Some are fighting back just been, uh, against like demons they have inside. And so it, it feels good to try to amplify these guys' voices because we were inspired by it back here in New York. And I, I hope other people get to see it in that way. What other uh, topics are you tackling with this series? What other things have you filmed? So we filmed uh, a bunch of stuff. I did an episode, another one on veterans who have been deported. And so they're in Tijuana and they can't come back to America. So we go down to Tijuana and spend time with the deported vets. Uh, I did an episode with uh, protesters who protest uh, a pipeline down in the bayou. I went out on a boat with them. That boat sunk in the bayou. So that did not go the way I expected it to go. I did uh, uh, an episode on space travel. I did an episode on uh, uh, legal weed in California and the difficulties people are having in California. Uh, An episode on Native Americans' uh, visibility in media. So a lot of big comedy 
topics. <laughs> Sounds like, like <laughs> and you and you find a way to make humor out of this, which is is a big credit to you because able to do that. Well, I think like we wanted to find. Imp- Important stories and interesting stories. It's like, and my job is to I I can find a silly story and we can find humor in that, but it's more interesting to find uh, an important story and u- unique characters, and then put me in it. And often me struggling to try to do what these people do or be along for the ride. The humor comes out of my my inability to <laughs> to basically you know walk and chew gum at the same time. And I mean, and breaking your foot while standing up. <laughs> it was a, it's a very true story. I have very br- brittle feet. <laughs> You're quite unathletic. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I take that as a character choice. <laughs> well, thank you so much. The name of the series is called Klepper. It de- debuts uh, Thursday, May 9th on Comedy Central. And just judging from the one episode that we saw, we're hooked. And I hope everyone gives it an opportunity and gives it a chance. And it's been wonderful catching up with you. Thank you, guys. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. How did you feel about the fun house last night? I loved it. And it's, it, it, it has become one of the bright spots of Monday Night Raw each week because they're not mucking it up, at least not yet. Um, it's intriguing. They're adding a little bit, not too much, just a little, week in and week out. And again, give you a reason to tune in the following week. Now, there was one thing, and again, Bully, you're going to kill me on maybe I'm reading too much into something. But, you know, they they talked about the confusion of the Firefly Funhouse. And Corey Graves said, well, you know, it's really heating up on social media. Like, Let's not let's not overanalyze it. Let's present it. Let's you know, let's not uh, let's not talk too much about it as far as the commentators and just let the, the you know, let the fans figure it out for themselves. So right now, I love what they're doing with Firefly Funhouse. I think that by Corey saying that they're just trying to put out the flame of people who all may, might be reacting negatively to it. Corey saying, hey, listen, this is really over on social media. It was trending number one a couple of weeks ago, right? Yes, it was. So, I mean, and to me, it's fu- I like it. It's weird. It's zany. It's, it's outside of the box. I love it when Bray has that moment when he says, all you have to do is let me in. If you freeze frame on his face in that moment, you see the maniac. You, you, I know what I'm going to get. And I hope I get old school Bray Wyatt back. I hope this, this fresh coat of paint brings me back to old school Bray Wyatt. It has I want, to. I want to see those fireflies all over again. I want to see him um, uh, brainwashing people the way he brainwashed those kids. Uh, it's different. It has my attention. As far as his in-ring work, we know he's going to get the job done. I like the new character. I like his work. I like his character. I just don't know who he's going to work with yet. And and maybe we won't know until it actually does happen. And that's where the payoff is going to have to be big. When you give this amount of time and this amount of work and this amount of weeks into building up this new character for Bray Wyatt, what ultimately could be what we first saw with Bray Wyatt... I'm into it, but there needs to be the payoff, and it needs to be big. Um, and I know some people, and like you mentioned with Corey Graves talking about how it heated up social media. 
you know, we talked to one of the biggest Bray Wyatt fans in, in Crazy Nikki last week, and she's <laughs> and she's not a fan of it. And that's fine. Not everybody has to be a fan. But I think they're giving you hints that this isn't just something crazy and kooky. This is leading to something big. And you could see it in Bray Wyatt's expressions, like you just said, and you could see it in his eyes. This is not going to end well. And I don't mean that in a creative way. I mean that like as far as this whole Firefly Funhouse. This whole set is coming down, my friend. And I think Bray Wyatt's going to look even better on the other side of it. When we get Bray Wyatt back, will we see him in his original Bray Wyatt gear? Probably, is, that what you, is that what you want to see? Or do you want to see a different look? I want to see a different look. Okay. Just because there's a lot of bad taste from the old Bray Wyatt. It's something that started off really well, and I think that it didn't end well. So, I mean... At the end of the day, I think it's. I would hope it's going to be a combination of what we're seeing on the Firefly Funhouse and that old Bray Wyatt character. I'd love to see Bray Wyatt day one. I'd love to see him back in his original stuff. I'd love for him to take us back. I'd love for this to be a giant dream sequence or the the uh, you know the voices in his head, and we get the reintroduction of a character that worked really well the first time. I wouldn't mind that at all. I don't think I want to see Bray wrestling in the same stuff that he's, uh, you know, in the in the funhouse with. I want to see this maniacal, crazy, twisted Max Cady esque, a la Cape Fear mm-hmm. character go right back to where it was, and it worked in the beginning. And that's because they paid attention to it, they nurtured it, they let it grow. And they can do the same thing with this. Hopefully, they don't let it fall by the wayside. Because if I get Bray, the, the version of Bray Wyatt that was teaming with Matt Hardy, despite the fact that it was mildly entertaining, I don't think that's what people want to see. No, I, I agree with you. All right, so hopefully this is going to be paid off and it's going to be paid off in a big way. Let's go to something else that I think has really been working on Monday Night Raw. And I guess we got the payoff last night, and I'm not sure if I, if I like it or not. And that's with Sami Zayn. You know, I've been a fan. I know Mark Henry's been very, very vocal about Sami Zayn's promos week in and week out on Monday Night Raw. You know, I I think it's it's a great storyline thread. I think it's something completely different. I think it's interesting to the fans because it's addressed to the fans. But I'm not sure about the payoff as far as the dance partner being Braun Strowman. I wasn't a fan of last night. Just because Sammy's been doing a great job. I, I, I don't know why Sammy had to be thrown into a dumpster and dumped. I, I, to, to me, just, for me, it didn't work. I, I, I would have liked to have seen Sammy continue doing what he does. And if you wanted Braun Strowman to do anything, I would have much rather seen Braun Strowman got his hands on Sammy Zayn and, I don't know, throw him through the Titan Tron or do something else. But, like, the, the, the garbage gimmick was just... I mean, even if they went back to an oldie but a goodie, and and the uh, and uh, the uh, the dumpster was on one a platform backstage, and they would have dumped him in the dumpster and pushed it off. The truck thing was a little wonky for me. Do I really buy that Sami Zayn was in the dumpster and got dumped in the, into the dump truck? Nah, not really. I didn't like it, and there's a few different reasons. One, I agree with you. Why not let Sami Zayn go on a little bit longer? It's working. It's clicking. People are talking about it. 
why why end it after only a few weeks? And 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 to me, Braun Strowman's not the right guy. And and I think it it showed that last night, bully. You know, Sami Zayn running scared. He's com- completely petrified of Braun Strowman. Again, a wonky thing with the truck, which has shades of we've seen there, been there, done that with Braun Strowman. I I think, and I and maybe they follow it up next week with something good. I think they kind of killed it off last night, in my opinion. And here's the thing: Braun Strowman as a babyface is really it, it, it's a it, it's tough because who's gonna who's gonna be able to get any heat on Braun Strowman? How are you going to ever feel sympathetic for Braun Strowman? How can you ever emotionally con- you know, connect to Braun Strowman? Braun, all you want to see, and, and Braun is looking better and better. He's getting, he's ripped and he's tan and he's vascular. The guy looks like a million dollars and he's a monster. All I want to do is just see him destroy people. But even that gets old, right? Yeah, of course it does. Eventually I want to see my, I need to have some sympathy for my baby faces. The greatest baby faces in the world, from Hulk Hogan to Dusty Rhodes to Steve Austin, you need to get some heat on them. Who's getting heat on Braun Strowman? Is it Sammy? What's Sammy going to do? Hit him with a Mack truck? Okay. Hit him with a Mack truck. Do something to him that makes me care about him. Because if I care about Braun, then I'll hate Sammy. But right now, I just don't know what it is other than Braun is an attraction. That's, that's the best way I can look at Braun Strowman right now. And and it and it it completely doesn't fit, bully. You look at what Sami Zayn's been doing, and and Sami Zayn's been hitting the crowds with some truth about how fans' perception of the product is. And you know, I thought last week he did a, an incredible job talking about. And and bully, you deal with this firsthand. You know, fans that are waiting at the airport. You know, adults using their children to get autographs. Like, there's some truth here. We needed somebody that's going to be able to defend the fans. You said it on this show, Bully. Who's going to be that guy? Who's the right guy to defend the fans? And their choice is Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman doesn't speak. He says, get these hands. Like, And again, like, listen, I'm not one to, to compare uh, the size of a wrestler when it comes to certain things like that, but even for, for me... Like Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman, it's not even a good look in the ring. I don't know how they would mesh in a match, M- much, much less mesh on the microphone character and personality-wise. You, you you first need somebody that's going to have to get into a battle of wits and battle of words on the microphone. Braun Strowman can't do that. And I don't even know if Braun Strowman and, and Sami Zayn mesh in the ring. To me, To me, they ended the story last night. As far as meshing in the ring, those two guys can definitely mesh in the ring. It's just going to be hard for Sammy to get any heat on him, any believable heat. There are some guys where uh, over uh, uh, the history of pro wrestling that it's almost impossible to get heat on them in the ring. So uh, watch this. When guys were beating up Ricky Morton, you legitimately felt bad for Ricky Morton and wanted to see him make a hot tag, right? Yes. When people were beating up Ricky Steamboat, he was so great at selling that you wanted to see Steamboat blow the comeback, right? Yes. You were able to get legitimate sympathy on them. Were you ever able to get legitimate sympathy on Hawk or Animal? No. What about Ron Simmons or Bradshaw? No. Do you think you're going to be able to do with Braun Strowman? No. 
Like, Braun Strowman is going to have to stand on the top rope and do an acai moonsault with a triple lindy twist to the floor, and Sami Zayn is going to have to move, and Braun is going to have to break his back before Sami can get any heat on him. Otherwise, it just is what it is. I need somebody to, uh, uh, if you want, listen, they've put Braun in entertaining spots. They've put Braun in situations with Alexa Bliss where we thought maybe there was something going on with those two. Uh, They've put him in uh, comical spots. Well, now let's put him in a spot where people actually feel bad for him. Because if I feel bad for Braun, I'm going to genuinely want to see somebody get those hands as opposed to just coming on every week and generically saying, get these hands. Yeah, and this is why, like, sometimes with, you know, what goes on with the WWE and Monday Night, Monday Night Raw frustrate me. What they just did is they had Sami Zayn come on for a few weeks, say some comments about the fans, get some booze, get the people to kind of turn on him. And then last night they had Braun Strowman come out, throw him in a dumpster. All right, now I dealt with the pain in the ass, Sami Zayn. Now it's done. Now it's over. I How did it continue? How did it continue from that? I mean, Braun Strowman beat the shit out of Sami Zayn, threw him in the dumpster. He got dumped into a garbage truck. End the story. I, I mean, mean, where do you go from there? You know, you know what? How, how about this, Dave? What if Sammy would have been running away and Braun was chasing him and he was able to get away and as they turned a corner, there was Lars Sullivan to just take Braun's head off. Love it. And and Lars would have thrown Braun in the dumpster and then the truck would have came and they would have took out the trash. Then we see Lars Sullivan go stand over Vince McMahon and intimidate the piss out of him. How's that? I, the story you just wrote is a hell of a lot better than what I saw last night. Give me a freaking pencil. See what I do with it. I mean, I'm I'm being serious here. Like, you know, I, I, there's there's no continuation to this story, and it never and and the story never took place inside the squared circle. Yeah, like you're you're building you're building a character in Sami Zayn that we're all invested in because he's speaking some truth. He's getting under our skin. That was the perfect time. You know who you bring out there? And, you know, maybe it doesn't work in this scenario because of the brands, or maybe it can because we got the wild card rule. But you know who's the perfect guy to go up against a Sami Zayn would be a Kofi Kingston because there's the man of the people. So you got Sami Zayn that's trying to speak truth and get under fans' skin, and then you get Kofi Kingston, who's the man of the people. That's the only person you could put in that scenario. I mean, what they did basically last night, it's it's David versus Goliath, but in reverse. I mean, in, in what scenario, like you said, does, the, does Braun Strowman get sympathy? He's the big bad bully. If, if Lars Sullivan would have destroyed him, would you have some sympathy on him? Yes. At least you would have been taking a step in the right direction. And oh, by the way, with Lars, after seeing him with Vince... If Vince is going to remain a character on TV, which I don't think is a bad idea, because if there's one thing we know about Vince McMahon, he is a great heel. Can we agree on that? Yes. Okay. And he knows how to get baby faces over. And his character, by default, gets baby faces over. If Vince stays on TV, I want Lars Sullivan to be Vince McMahon's personal bodyguard. Has Vince ever had a bodyguard? Not that I can recall. Well, if it was, it was long ago and we've forgotten about it. Lars Sullivan as Vince McMahon's bodyguard. That'll get Lars over. 
And again, seeing Lars Sullivan in the ring with Braun Strowman, you can look at that and say, all right, I, I can see Lars Sullivan going over on Braun Strowman. I can't see that with Sami Zayn. Not the way they're presenting it on TV right now. He's got, uh, uh, Braun Strowman would have to slip on a stack of banana peels for that to happen. And listen, Rey Mysterio has beaten the big show. So you can make anything happen if the story is told correctly. But again, in, in this scenario with Rey Mysterio and the big show, who is the face and who is the heel? Rey Mysterio is the face because he's the ultimate underdog going up against the big giant. Now you're putting the heel is Sami Zayn and the and the face is the is the huge, you know, monster among men, Braun Strowman. Doesn't if, make any sense. If Sami Zayn has the correct verbiage, he can verbally get heat on Braun where you would want to see Braun kill him. Do I think this is going anywhere? Absolutely not. Could it go someplace? Yes. Could next week, could we see Sami Zayn enlist the services of uh, Lars Sullivan and Lars is Sami's bodyguard? Yeah, maybe they're going to go down that way. My, my point is this. If we got to a match scenario, there would be a way for it to be done. Do I think they're going to do it the right way? No. I don't have confidence that they'll pay enough attention to it. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.